0: Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is Positively Different Radio in the morning and you are with the double L team, Lyle
1: and Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, so much stuff. Okay. So much stuff, but there's a one. lot of it that I can't talk about. Okay. Actually, it's on the DL, but you, you will find out about it. <sighs> it's stuff that's that's going on in the background, you know, super sneaky stuff. So we are
0: intrigued, yes, right you now, are.
1: and and I'm going to leave that with you, and you can think about it all the way through the show, this, this all just, the way through this is your just day.
0: Unfair. <laughs> this is, there should be a law against this. <laughs> Lawson has things to say i do but i can't say them but he's not gonna say them no Uh. (laughs) all right tell us something you can say
1: uh something i can say oh (laughs) something that i'm grateful for my sister left back for canberra oh you're super
0: grateful what your sister is gone yes let's celebrate Well,
1: my my dad's gone too so i'm like alone in my house i'm like bachelor padding it up and it's the best i love it i love it
0: a bit of me time uh, goes a long
1: way sometimes. Yeah, it does. Nice up. to
0: have family around. Nice to have a break as well.
1: Well, I have continuous me time for you know the foreseeable future, so I'm, I'm just chilling. I'm I'm winning. Party at Lawson's place. Our phone number is... Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah, let's do it. Party at my house.
0: <laughs> what are you grateful for this morning, Lam? I'm grateful you're having a party at your place and I'm going to come.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm also grateful for... I built a firefighting unit yesterday and it's super cool. Wow.
1: Oh, what? Like yes, it's like awesomely cool.
0: Is it like a pump attached to a tank or... I've got three tanks on a trailer with a pump and I can pump out of the dam, it can run out of the dam, it can it can run out of a off a
1: hose, it can pump water, it it um has three thousand liters um mm-hmm. uh, and it's just amazing. So it sucks up water from the dam, but then is the pump reversible and then you can shoot it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah you,
0: you can pump it, you can pump it. You can, you can park the trailer beside the dam and pump straight from the dam to the fire, or you can pump into the 3,000 litres, fill the 3,000 litres from the dam, and then drive that to the fire and pump from there. Oh, dude, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm set. I'm You're ready. ready. At the you moment, go. I'm using it for uh, carting drinking water and that kind of water, mm. of course. Uh, but if I need to, I can just change a couple of hoses around, repurpose it, and it's Take a dual-purpose system.
1: That's awesome.
0: This is a reminder, you're listening to the Delayed Broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms.
1: Well, this is Anthem Lights with the Blood victory in Jesus, my Savior
2: forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on, how you washed. Are you washed in- Cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments my white as snow Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb What can wash away my sin Nothing, Nothing but, but the blood, blood of Jesus What can make me whole again Nothing, Nothing but, but the blood of Jesus There is power power, wonderworking wonder-working power In the blood, in the blood of, the of the Lamb There is power, power, wonder-working power In, in the, the precious, precious blood Lamb. of the Lamb Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other fountain I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Said Nothing but the blood of Jesus Are you washed in the blood In the blood of the Lamb He sought me and bought me With nothing but the blood of Jesus
0: And that was Anthem Lights with the blood medley here to get us started in the morning on uh, The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Lawson, what have you got for the first clue or for the quiz of the
1: day? Who am I? Are you ready? I'm ready. Born ready. I asked, but how can a mortal be more righteous than God? Ooh! You don't know who said that I do oh, He does know who said that So no double prizes up for grabs this morning But still you have the opportunity To give us a call 1-800-324-843 If you tell us what the answer is What about if we give a Bible away for our prize today We haven't given a Bible away for a while Yeah sure That's the one. ultimate
0: prize right there The ultimate prize Today is the ultimate prize we have just decided Yeah You get a Bible It is a Let me just grab it out of the box and have a quick look
1: Here we go. It's a New King
0: James version. Uh, Let me see. What's it got? Anything special in the back? Most of these do. Maybe this one doesn't. Oh, no. It's got special things in the back. Yeah. Sweet. All kinds of notes and bits and pieces. And uh, 30 days with Jesus reading guide. A table of weights and
1: measures. It's got Revelation in the back that's the best thing. That's there. that's what you need. As long as it has Revelation in the back, you know. I'm
0: pretty sus of those Bibles that don't have Revelation in the back. No, there is no such thing. <laughs> Lawson's looking at me like, what on earth? Excuse me? <laughs> Lawson, what's that happening in positively different news around the world?
1: Okay, positively different news. Let's let's start in Australia. Um, obviously, like, we have been in a time of national crisis here in Australia. Yeah, that's an underestimation uh, understatement. Yes, very much so. We are, you know, really going through it. And, um, you know... In this time, you know, there's always terrible, horrific stories, but simultaneously, there's always stories about, you know, the human spirit, the enduring spirit, you know, and how people are are getting in and and doing what they can to help one another. Um, And that's exactly what we're seeing. Uh, I have a story this morning. This is really cool. Um, more than 200 volunteer firefighters from the U.S. and Canada have been deployed um, to Australia by their federal governments to help us with uh, the fire, like with the bushfire, um, bushfire crisis. Um, yeah, and this comes after. Like, I don't, I didn't know about this, but back in 2018, during the wildfires in California, uh, which was super gnarly, I had a number of friends who. Um, were involved in that and, you know, seeing posts on Facebook of like them, you know, at their, you know, driving 10Ks from their family home and they're just seeing hillsides on fire. It was like just gnarly images. Um, but in that time, our federal government sent 100 firefighters over to um, over to California to help with, uh, you know, with fighting those fires and with the cleanup and, and whatever. Um, and essentially we're seeing an amazing... Return of the favor, basically. Um, yeah, praise God. That's fantastic. Really... This is the way it should happen in our world. Mm. Um, yeah, we're just getting a bunch of them over here. Um, of course, this is not uh, a standalone event. Back in 2010, um, the US federal government also deployed a team of firefighters to Australia during um, Black Saturday and whatnot. So, yeah, it's just it's just really, really awesome to see uh, people coming out and giving us help when we need it. Um, you know, because... Oh,
0: and us also being in a position to help others. I mean, mm. between the two countries, we have countries. You know, particularly on your, you know, the west coast of the United States, you've got a lot of land that is very prone to bushfire, as mm. Australia is. And that means that we have between us a tremendous amount of wealth in experience and equipment. We are mm. wealthy countries. We have great equipment. It means that we can invest heavily into the training of our firefighters. Mm. And so we have first rate units, and we can share them backwards and forwards. We need to be doing
1: more of this in our yeah. world, and that's a really like important point too. Like all we need at that point, because we have the ability to fight these fires with equipment and whatnot, um, is people. And that's exactly what we've received. We've received trained people, people, skilled people, skilled trained people who are willing to like ultimately to risk their lives and put themselves on the <laughs> and line. And it benefits for- both countries, yeah. Because
0: you know when we send our guys over there, they're gaining experience. When they, those guys come over here, they're gaining experience as well. Mm. And that experience is, you know, experience when it comes to these kinds of crises is just invaluable. Mm. You know, been there, done that before, learnt these lessons, let's not do that again, let's do this because this, you know, oh, it's worked. It's just so you know. true. Yep.
1: Oh, that's exactly right. Battle-hardened what veterans. Mm. And we're seeing them and they're just helping us, which is just, it's just the best. It's the best reading those stories and knowing that something good is coming out of a terrible situation. Um, but something else that's, that's really cool that I read about this morning, Lyle. How would you like a phone battery that made your phone last five days straight, continuous, continuously?
0: Uh, I'm old enough to remember the days when I had a phone battery that would last a week in
1: the old, indestructible, legendary Nokia? The 3310. But, Lyle, imagine if that phone wasn't a Nokia it and was actually, actually, actually good <laughs> <laughs> and it had a battery bring back the 3310 but it had a battery that could last 5 days straight well people have been asking that question and people have been answering in monash university here in australia they're like basically they're on the brink of commercializing this revolutionary lithium sulfur batteries so we have Ooh. lithium ion batteries that's what we see in a lot of our phones in it's electric making, cars i like this lithium ion technology is one of my favorite compounds <laughs> check you, this you can out. make
0: gunpowder out of sulfur <laughs> yeah you blow things up with it it
1: can explode <laughs> which is probably not the best it advertising. out of, it comes out of volcanoes <laughs> yeah it's just, it's that's the smell that you get after big cannons go off with black gunpowder in it. So, Ben. You bam. can make fake farts out of some <laughs> of them. No, let's not go there. <laughs> but check this out. They've been developing this lithium sulfur lithium sulfur battery, which has just been, um, yeah, just sweeping the world, really. It like, this is brand new technology coming out of Australia. Um, oh, we invented this? Yeah. Or at Slap least... Slap on the back w- for us. We might not have, like, invented it initially, but we have developed it to the point where it is a thing which we can... It's a thing. Sell. You know, it's a good it is it is a thing. It's a good thing when a thing is a thing. And yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and not only, you know, is, is this ba- like this battery is awesome. Basically, it's more efficient than any lithium ion battery they've created. It's like which means that they've made they can yeah, make lithium it. batteries are pretty efficient too. Like they're really efficient, but are they five but They days don't, in your will, phone efficient?
0: I wonder whether they're allowed to take sulphur ones on planes. Oh, that's true.
1: Well, if you remember like a couple of years ago when we had the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 that was like no, blowing you up all the time it. and you're like, <laughs> they saw, if they saw it in your bag, they're like, oh, no, sorry, not getting on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, these days you got to carry it in your pocket in case it catches on fire. Can't put it in the baggage underneath. Are you serious? Yeah, you can't put lithium batteries in your, in your, in your check-in baggage. Like lithium batteries as in like a not phone or like a phone? A phone or a laptop or whatever. You can't put lithium batteries in your baggage. Maybe that's changed. Did that change any time recently? No, I've getting the head shake. It has not changed. You can't like, put lithium batteries in your check-in. It has to be in your carry-on baggage. Yeah, oh, yeah, of
1: course. Yeah. But there was a point where it was like, you just weren't allowed on, a, on the plane if you had a oh, Samsung Oh, yeah, yeah, Note yeah. Like, it was like, if you had a Samsung Note 7, it's like, get out of that's here. That's a bit of a marketing file for Samsung. Um, But no, these sulfur batteries have just been absolutely winning not only is it like okay so you got you got
0: all right i just gotta i just gotta wrap my head around this okay. you got lithium batteries which are prone to catching on fire uh-huh. we know that because of uh famous motorbiking racing incident where, where they all caught on fire and oh
1: yeah the, the moto e <laughs> in, in at the test in yetas when they all blew up that uh-huh. was rough gig
0: um so we know that lithium is prone to that well let's mix it with sulfur that's a um compound that is part of gunpowder this must be a good idea right
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly. Like, but look, like, does that <laughs> hey, really works, matter when and, it's and making? And does it? Money? Does it, Yeah. No, and it's probably actually, <laughs> it's
0: probably actually a lot safer than the, the than the current mix because it all comes down to the um, chemical mix that you have yeah. as to how unstable it is. Mm,
1: sure, and like at the moment. They're just winning, so I'm I'm all about it. Lithium sulfur technology. Yeah, bring it on. I can't wait till you know Tesla buys the patent for it, and then we have lithium sulfur cars. So. No, let's
0: not let them buy the patent. Let's just let them start using the uh, the technology. technology. True, yeah. this is true. Okay, um, but let's yeah, keep the patent
1: here in Australia. Sorry, let's keep the patent here yeah, in Australia. Keep it, keep it Aussie. Keep it true blue. That's yeah. what we're all about. Um, finally, just and just an, like a cute little story that's coming out of the states. Um, a 105 year old woman whose name's Eva Gordon. Um, she passed away last year in June um, at the ripe old age of 105. But something that no one knew about her at the time is that she was uh, a secret millionaire. She had a fortune of $10 million, which absolutely no one knew about. And as a part of her will, basically, it came out that that $10 million fortune was to be distributed. She had other money that she donated, you know, gave to her family and passed on, you know, but $10 million of that money was given to 17 community colleges in the immediate area. So recently they all received a check for 500 and $50,000 Oh wow So shout out Eva Gordon Doing the work Sporting education <laughs> It's awesome This is Run uh, Sorry The teachers With the song Run When I'm
3: filled with doubt And I lost my way When I just can't seem To keep trouble at bay When the world seems full Of chaos and dismay I just
1: Welcome back to Faith FM, continuing on to the show, into the next clue for the quiz. Who am I? My children were killed when a, ho- when a house they were in collapsed because of a mighty wind. Oh, rough.
0: Yeah, this is a, that's a bit rough. Um so. They were all getting together for a, a party, if I remember rightly. Uh, did you mention something about a party at your place sometime soon, Lawson? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, if you know whose uh, children died when the house uh, collapsed when it was hit by possibly a uh, tornado, mm. as it seems uh, the Bible seems to indicate... Uh, in the Bible, if you know the answer to that, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number or text us on 0491-064-669. And you will win a Bible. And you will win a Bible, that's right. Awesome. Where you'll be able to read all about this person and uh, a bit of a tragic experience in their life. Mm. All right, Lyle. What do we talk about this morning? Let's talk about Australian, Let's talk about wildlife here in Australia. How about that? Okay, yep. We, had, we were talking about lots of really controversial stuff, but it was a bit too political. I like political subjects when they are relevant to Christianity mm-hmm. and a Christian station, mm-hmm. but not political subjects just for the sake of politics. Um, I, maybe we'll maybe we'll look at some issues as we work our way through this one. But anyway, half a billion um, <laughs> half a billion n- native animals wiped out in the fires, mm. and of course, a lot of those are the smaller creatures. We often think of you know, typically when we think of. Uh, wildlife destruction we think of the warm fuzzy furry cute ones Mm. um koalas and kangaroos and those kinds of things and some of those have you know obviously koalas which are slow moving have been just devastated Mm. Uh, a lot of the kangaroos have been able to move on because the bushfires actually haven't been moving that fast this time around um but still tremendous amounts of them that have uh, that have been killed the, the real impact comes in the leaf litter, of course, mm. because in the leaf litter, that's where all of your small critters live and they don't have a way of escape. They don't have anywhere where they can go. And the amount of heat that is being generated by these is penetrating you know, even into those in, into the ground for burrowing animals. Um, and, and it's cutting such large swathes uh, through the landscape that you know, it's going to take generations before the animals actually start to move back into those areas. And so, of course, a lot of this would have been avoided very simply by, well, not very simply because nothing's simple. But it would have been avoided by backburning if we'd have been able to do so because backburn fires, you know, during winter um, just don't carry that heat that you know just kills everything. Mm. Um, one of the one of the one of one of the big uh, tragedies, I guess, has been the bees. And somebody called us, you know, last week about the bees. And, of course, apiarists have really been suffering because hives have just been wiped out. But not just the hives being wiped out, you've also got the uh, impact that it has on flowering plants because bees obviously rely on flowering plants and if plants aren't flowering, then the queen bee you know, doesn't reproduce mm. and the, beehive, the hives just stay stagnant. And, um, and, of course, without bees, we have very, very, very few and limited crops. yes. And so they're really, really critical to our ecosystem. Interesting, on Kangaroo Island, of course, they've had some big big bushfires on Kangaroo Island. And they have, on Kangaroo Island, uh, the purest stream of Italian, what are they called? Um, Something or other. I did write it down here somewhere. Ligurian bees. I'm sure an Italian would say that very, very differently to that. Yeah. Um, they have the purest strain of those in the world. They're the only kind of bees they have on the island. And this is kind of like a bee arc because very free from disease. Mm. You're not allowed to bring bees onto the island. You're not allowed to bring honey onto the island to protect them. And over a quarter of them been wiped out. Over a, th- a thousand hives mm. have been destroyed. And the thing with bees, you know, bees would have... They're one of those creatures that, yeah, they've got wings. They can fly away. The problem is they don't. Mm-hmm. Smoke is one of those things where they 're like, "Oh no, run and hide in my hive, except the hive is made out of wood, which is highly flammable, mm. and it's full of honey, which is highly, highly flammable. flammable yeah, and so it's been a major tragedy for uh, the whole you know beekeeping industry there on mm. kangaroo Island, but not just on kangaroo Island There have been many many other parts of the country as well. We've talked about how that the drought has, you know, placed a lot of trees under stress, and when trees are under stress, they do tend to flower more, mm. and so there has been a lot of flowers around for bees to be able to, you know, really focus on. And uh, in those areas that haven't been burnt, but so much of Australia has been burnt, it's one of those things that we really, really need to take into consideration. Mm. Another thing that uh, important community announcement that really is an Australia-wide announcement right That now, and that is that it is critically important to keep your cats inside. So this Hmm. last week at church, we noticed a uh, rainbow lorikeet sitting underneath the uh, air conditioner catching drips coming out of the air conditioner Mm. at the church, and a couple of members just walked up to it and picked it up. This is a wild rainbow lorikeet. Mm. And it was so far gone that it just... You know, it just was like docile and couldn't do anything. They took it inside, of course, gave it, you know, water and and uh, and, and some food to chew on or peck on um, mm. and took it home and, and took care of it and got it into um, some a cooler environment. But, you know, on a hot day like that, you know, when you're hitting, you know, 49 degrees, birds are falling out of the sky. Um, and what it does is that, you know, those creatures that are surviving, most of them survive, yeah, if they've got water supply, they'll survive. Mm. But they are super, super docile. Yeah, because of the heat and because of the drought, and because they are um, suffering from um, dehydration, which means that predators like cats. And you've got to remember that your, your your nice, you know, furry house cat is a predator. Predators like cats have just been going around and just you know and killing for the fun as they do, and just decimating the wildlife. And so there's been a call put out to. During the drought, keep your cats inside. Mm. And every cat owner I've ever come across tells me, "Oh, but my cat is not like that." The reality is, every cat is like that. Mm. We need to face reality. Are you sure this isn't a Lyle Southwell? This, is a, to this action? is a this is a Lyle Southwell called action right here. This is a rant from Lyle Southwell. <laughs> this, is, this sounds like but
1: this sounds like it came from the Bureau of Lyle Southwell. It came from the uh, <laughs> no no, it's actually a thing. It's actually a thing. Okay. It's actually a thing. I trust you. Yeah. Sometimes uh,
0: another big uh, another big hit that our farmers are, are having are, and are going to have as a result of the fires, of course, is that you know a lot of the kangaroos and so forth that yeah. are able to you know stay ahead of the fire fronts are being pushed onto farmland, yeah, um, because they're being pushed out of the bush, obviously, which is an added burden to drought-stricken farms mm. where mm. there's already no feed, yeah. And so this is, yeah, a really you know, half a billion animals wiped out, which um,
1: it's 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 a big thing. It's a terrible tragedy. It's a ecological tragedy. And
0: now I did say that we'd get to something controversial. Okay, because that's not controversial. That's just like there's no controversy with that. Keep your cats inside. It's, <laughs> it's just sad. It's just sad. People ask me about the whole climate change debate, mm. and. You know, you can read a lot of science on both sides of that debate. Yes. And when the scientists disagree, I think the average person like you and I, we sit back and say, well, is this cyclical? Yes, we've had hot days in the past before. Mm. Or is it increasing in intensity? Mm. And I think this is an important issue to address. Um, I'm not a scientist, and so I can't give you a scientific argument. Mm -hmm. as to whether climate change is a thing or not a thing, whether it is man-made or not Mm man-made. That is not my field of expertise. My field of expertise is the Bible. Yes. And when I turn in my Bible and I read about events in the last days, I have to ask myself the question, based on what the Bible says about the last days, What would my expectation be? Mm. Would my expectation be for climate to be changing the nearer we get to the return of Christ or not? Mm. Would my expectation be that climate would become more severe and destructive the closer we get to the end of time or not? And so, when I read in my Bible, you know things like matthew chapter twenty four uh, just as an example, you hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you' be not troubled for these things must come to pass. the end is not yet, and we could talk about Iran this morning mm. um, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, there'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in different places in Luke it says the sea and the waves roaring all of these indicate that the natural disasters in our world will increase the closer we get to the return mm. of Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches, and that's what my expectation would be. This is the Clark Family, Big Enough.
4: I've got a heart that's full of faith-filled helplessness there are mountains hear that I can't move by myself But I know when I'm weak, He's strong When I can barely breathe, there's still a song Even though it's hard right now I'm not here on my own So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough We'll finish everything he starts We'll meet us right here where we are And I can feel faith rising up Cause I know God is big enough Days when the shadows of doubt make me feel small I declare that I don't stand in my strength at all Cause I won't live a day you didn't plan Every single moment is in your hands Even if the whole world shakes You're the rock on which I stand Seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough he will finish everything he we starts We'll meet us right here where we are and I can feel faith rising up Cause I know God is big enough
2: Bigger than the hurt and the sorrow,
4: bigger than the lies I've told myself. So when it seems it can't be done, I know God is big enough. I can run the race I'm called to run, cause I know God is big enough. Feel with your eyes So when it seems it can't be done, I know God is big enough. I can run the race I'm called to run. Cause I know God is big enough. He'll finish everything he starts. he we'll meet us right here where we are. I can feel faith in your eyes enough, cause I know God is big enough.
0: Welcome back, guys. That was the Clark family with Big Enough here on The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Lawson, what have you got for our next clue for our quiz?
1: Who am I? I said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart.
0: Okay, if you know the answer to that one, one 324 843 is our number. Give us a call right now. There is a Bible to win this morning mm. for our prize. Um, or you can text us on 491 64 been many stories coming out of the recent bushfires, particularly uh, down in the southern part of New South Wales, and uh, Victoria joining us on the phone this morning is Craig and Tamara. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, how are you going? Now, uh, just to just give us a, uh, whereabouts exactly are you guys uh, located?
5: So we're at Cobargo, New South Wales on the south, south coast.
0: And your area has obviously uh, been impacted uh, just incredibly heavily by bushfires recently. Um, as those bushfires are approaching, uh, how much warning have you got and what kind of things do you do to pre- prepare?
5: Um, so tomorrow's father's in the RFS, so we the fires near me app was absolutely nowhere near accurate to where the fire had jumped to it was kind of saying on fires near me that it was still up on the Monero, um, that badger fire, whatever that, that, um, it was, yeah, it was showing that it was a long way away, but we knew in fact that it was just because it's tomorrow's father that it was in the mountain range behind, um, behind this valley. And so, but to be honest, um, the farm, our farm here is basically right in town and, um, so the afternoon before we stopped work and started doing a bit of preparation just in case and I, I set up, I got a couple of thousand litre tanks and a firefighter on a trailer. Uh, ex- never, <clears throat> I set that up never really expecting to use it here more at my family's farms, which is closer to the mountain. Uh, we never expected it to actually get to here where we are. So, um, you yeah, know, I set up a firefighting unit ready for that, uh, put a bit of hay up, a bit of Pushed a bit of dirt up underneath the bottom of the hay shed to try to stop ember attack, but thought we were doing it in vain because it would never get here. But uh, we were completely wrong.
0: Now, how big is you say your farm is? Is close to town? How, how many acres have you got there?
5: <clears throat> uh, Three hundred and ten acres we have here. It sort of wraps like wraps around Cabago, kind of. It's right in town. Like you know, our property's opposite the primary school, the Catholic church, and. And, um, yeah, we're right, right in town, runs along the Princess Highway.
0: <coughs> you, you mentioned you have a firefighter trailer there and you were set up ready to fight fires, you know, right where you are, but you also considered, you know, that you'd probably use it out on your um, relatives' properties. Uh, did you have a chance to take it out to where your relatives were or did you end up using it on your property?
5: No, so um, the way things played out, um, so I've got, we've got... Uh, three family farms, my parents and then my brother and my sister either side of my dad's place. They sort of almost all connect. Um, They're a bit close to the foot of the mountain, so I thought they'd be in a bit more danger. Uh, The way it played out, they actually, they come here, they evacuated to here, they decided that their plan was to get out. They evacuated to our house and took refuge here in our house.
6: But like us, they also thought
5: it was in vain. Um, Yeah, uh, they took refuge here in our house. There was four families in our house. Sure. Um, at the, and um. so, yeah, we never, I never even, we used, we ended up using it here. We never even got close to going out, out there. And about uh, halfway through the fire, the pull cord broke, like something internal, not just the pull cord, broke on the firefighter unit on our trailer. So we were fighting without, and the power was out, and, um, So we were sort of fighting without water, kind of, uh, or very little water, for about half the fire too. So,
0: okay. So just describe for me then, you know, what happened when that fire front came through? Because as you say, you were a long way away from, you know, the mountains and from the bush. Uh, What exactly happened? I mean, you must have a big ember attack, or what did it look like?
6: There's no real words that can describe what it looks like, and I think the word is apocalyptic is the closest word I can use. But um, we were getting phone calls from my dad who was attending the fires, and um, we we had the family here, and Craig and I drove out the road towards the mountains, and when we got over the hill here a little bit, um, we saw it in basically the neighbour's property, and. It was literally just spotting over onto all the little, um, undulating hill ridge lines. And, um, as soon as we saw that, we came straight back and, um, fortunate for Craig's family to be here. And we had a little small army, um, protecting the house while Craig and, um, his brother-in-law were with the tanks and a firefighter. The rest of the adults were around the house just monitoring the whole time and calling out to each other. You know, we've got one over here or, um, come over here, we need water, or it's coming up the hill, you know. We're just screaming at each other, letting each other know, trying to communicate where the fire's coming from so that way we could get to it. Um, we had one sprinkler on the back deck and um, one hose out the front because we'd lost power. We just couldn't get hoses around the house properly enough, so we just had um, lent on our manpower to keep our eyes open and be vigilant about it.
0: So for you know, obviously one person can can, can use the, uh, the the trailer with the pump on it while that was running. Um, two two wh-
5: people, yeah. One, yeah. One a, yeah, yeah, one one driving a yeah, one driving one drive. stand on the back spraying.
0: Um, what's everybody else using?
5: Um, so for I guess for the, about the same amount of time as we had the actual trailer, so we put about six thousand liters out. I think it worked out because we. So this used to be a dairy. So there's a washdown pump. Uh, it used to be used for washing the dairy out. That delivers a lot of water in, in one go. So we put out about three loads with the trailer, I, I think, um, so we could duck back there, throw the hose in, turn the wash down pump on, fill them pretty quick. Um, so while we – probably about the same amount of time we had the tank, we had power, so we had water because this place set up off pressure systems. And um, so they were – they had, did have hoses. They were hosing around and stuff. Um, but once the power once we lost the trailer it was probably about this, around the same time we lost the trailer, so basically then I jumped in the tractor, I had a bucket on the tractor to put fires out, just driving through the fire literally like into the fire along the lines with the with the bucket down, putting out fires while everyone else had uh we had a little bit of town water here, but it was just a trickle because the tank was out, but the the oh. town water tank was out um. Buckets. Filling buckets and shovels, basically, uh, putting fires out with shovels and
0: and you had yeah. a you had a big team of people there. Could you have done it with less people? Could you have saved the property with less no. people?
5: We've talked about this before. If we if it was just Tamara and I here, we didn't have all our families here. Uh, we don't think we would have been able to save this house. No way.
0: Okay, so the question I have to ask is, what about the your, your parents and, and and other family members whose houses were closer to the mountains that they evacuated from?
5: Um, they're they're gone, mate. Yeah, they're, they're the only one with. The house. So I've got my brother, mum and dad, and my sister out there. All three houses theirs are gone, and even my pop lives in town. Um, his house was the only street, only house on the street that. Burnt. So we, we've lost, our family's lost four houses in total here. <clears throat> yeah. So
0: they're all,
5: they're all living, they're all mostly living here with us.
0: How many fires do you think you put out on your own property?
5: Oh, do you, can you separate them? They, <laughs> they were, they were, it was, they just, it just all joined up like they just, we're just constantly. We
6: were fighting fires from about, Three o'clock in the morning to about um, probably nine thirty in the morning. It was the first time we all sat down and just had oh, a. But it coming again
5: after that. Yeah, we go,
6: then we got attacked
5: again. The wind turned around, so it was all coming from. It was all the fire was all coming from the west, blowing to the east, and then there was about a oh, maybe. Well, there was enough oh, yeah. time for me to go and start checking some stock. A bit of a break. We all had. I, I had uh, four handheld radios. I'd set up ready to go the afternoon before just in case. So we all had communication with each other. Um, yeah, I reckon we probably had about an hour of a lull and then I was out on the motorbike and they called me up and so said, you better get back here. And then it started coming back from the east blowing to the west and it came and attacked us again. Our
6: infrastructure.
5: So a lot of the stuff that hadn't got, like the, the, the bit that hadn't got burnt all got It come back from the highway then and come straight back and burnt all those paddocks out and come and try to attack the house from the other side again.
0: And and how far is your house from the bush?
5: Oh (laughs) oh, there's yeah, there's a lot of um twenty K's a
6: coastline?
5: No, it wouldn't be that. Oh look, probably ten K's, I guess, in a straight line. The bush over here, yeah. As you, as
0: you say, it's one of those is one of those environments where you sort of think, well, you're immune from it because you're so far from the bush, but apparently not.
5: Yeah, well, yeah. It's, there's a lot of it's it's all farming country, so there's a lot of open country, and
6: you think you're safe, but you're just not.
5: Yeah, well, it's it's been a drought. It's been drought here for uh, quite a while anyway. So even my pop, who's been here, ah, oh, a very long time, um, he's you know he said, ah. Oh, Said to my dad, oh, nothing will burn. There's nothing to burn. So
0: Wow. Um, this is, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say, guys. I just, what a story. Um, well,
5: we're kind of, we've kind of been dealing with it for over a week now. So it's kind of, we're kind of a bit numb to it now. Like, you, To some people, like I had people come out to um, donate some stuff to us yesterday and, and um, like to look at their... The look on their face was probably the look on our face a week ago when we went out and discovered all the mess. Um, And I'm probably just telling it a little bit harshly to how they can handle it. I'd apologise that, you know, we're a bit numb to it now. We've been dealing with it for a week and it's just another job kind of thing, so to speak, now uh, that we've just got to get on with. And um, they're sort of, you know, the look on their face was, you know, they were just in shock at... You know, the devastation out there. Is.
0: And what has what, what what have your days looked like since the fires came through? Obviously, you've got a house full of people, um, family. What have you guys been involved in since the fires went through?
6: We're sort of taking on the saying that it's just one day at a time and every every day brings something new. But it's just trying to start the days early so we can get into it. But it's really hard when, like Craig and I, um I guess, in a scheme of things are completely fine. We took a hit on our stock, but it 's our families who lost everything and all their lives and their possessions, not their lives, sorry, their possessions yeah. um and so for them, try you know it, where do they start, so we 're just trying to help them. Help them to find their feet and get started. So we're just always trying to focus our efforts with our families and trying to get help them refence and <laughs> source fodder and things like that.
5: So, so basically, Lyle, we've been um, fe- feeding. Like houses will come in time. Um, we uh, so basically we've been uh, finding trying to source fodder for. For stock, and um, as only as it, oh well, uh, we had to drag out a lot of dead stock, burnt and dead uh, stock. We've had to put down. We had to drag all them out so we could bury them, just to try to remove the constant reminder, I guess. And um, fencing materials. We've been trying to get just some sort of containment up. The cattle and, and horses and sheep are just walking wherever they want trying to get a fence up just to be able to contain stock so we can feed them in one spot and stop them from getting hit or losing them or whatever.
0: The tragedy of this is that your story that you're sharing right now is a story that's been told you know, all over New South Wales and Victoria at this time. Yep. You mentioned that some people came through to donate donate some supplies. What are the needs of people in your kind of situation right now?
5: <clears throat> so... Basically, for the immediate um, you know a lot you know quite a few things are insured uh, I believe I don't think a lot of our fencing um, was insured, which is no, going to be a big big cost um, The communication is only like phone calls and so on have only been come on for the last couple of days to communicate even with to try to communicate with insurance companies but um, okay. the I'm sorry, Lyle, What was the question again? Yeah,
0: what are the what are the immediate needs? If people if people needs, want to donate, yeah, if they, but, if, let's say that somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to drive south and I'm going to help these guys out. You know, uh, so, what should they bring? Well, what should they do?
5: We've we've been getting a lot of. Um, we've been getting a, a number of people uh, wanting to offer their their help, but it's um, it's kind of it's sort of impossible for us to accept people's help without it. supplies like fencing supplies um you know even if we could afford to buy the fencing supplies um even just sort of sourcing it at the moment it's just not enough like if you can imagine like just for example our farm alone since we've our families owned it it's been through three generations so that's three generations of fencing so to speak to try to get all that back up and running yards like we can't you know we've got cattle out there with Oh, uh, well, we've got a horse out there with a cut leg. There's nothing we can do about it because our yards are unusable. So, you know, it's it's mainly like fencing supplies, yards, um, fodder for stock. That's all our immediate stuff. And there's a, there's a there's a fella called George Walters from South Coast Rural Relief. Uh, he started a page. He's been unreal. He's been like the the local land services is getting ordinary. getting. Um, fodder and stuff here but it's only your own, you can only get a little bit here and a little bit there. Uh, this George Walters is running around um, sourcing he's got he's got road trains coming from Western Australia. Wow. Now, uh, mm. Giving us uh, he's come down just tomorrow happened to be at the right place at the right time um, the other day and, and met him and, and so we've sort of been helping him coordinate exactly on the ground here where what what farmers and who, like, who needs this stuff? And he's bringing bit larger amounts. And I mean, he come here and dump some here. Um, and it just gave us, instead of just like drip feeding us fodder, we, we, we got enough to be able to feed them for about three days, which allowed us to not have to think about that. We can focus on other things. So the drip feeding is one thing, but to be able to get a, you know, a bulk amount so you can just go feed the stock. And then you can worry about other things, as rather than have to try to chase it up, is a real big help. I
0: have to, uh, I have to finish off here in just a moment. But um, you, you are, um, you know, people of faith. How do you, how do you deal with this? You know, the question. You know, why does God allow something like this to happen?
5: Um, I don't know that I've, that's really crossed my mind. Um, I guess it's. It will be a strength building thing uh, in the long term. Um, it'll give us it's yeah. build our resilience. Um, as I said, Tamara or Tamara said uh, we're relatively lucky in a sense that we Absolutely. we saved our house, so it's a refuge for everyone else. Like they they're all living here, and um, uh, I don't I don't think I've ever really thought by us or anything like mm. that. It's just something that. It's opinion. just uh, something that's happened, and, and we're just dealing with it we're not day by not day. No point. So, and um, you know, we've gotten a lot of people praying for us. Um, mm. You know, we've Adder. been uh, praying also, and and Adra's Adra's stepped in and and gave us a bit of a, a bit of a helping hand. Our family, and yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, guys, um, I would love to keep talking. There's so many more things we could talk about, but we're already way over time and we need to finish up. But uh, thank you for joining us here on Faith FM. Uh, This is Randy Travis, and uh, he's going to bring to us Through the Fire.
7: So many times I've questioned certain circumstances or things I could not understand. Many times in trials, weakness blurs my vision and my frustration gets so out of hand. then I am reminded I've never been I've never had to stand the test alone. As I look at all the victories, the Spirit rises up in me. It's through the fire my weakness is made strong. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy. You would not be hard to climb. He never offered victory without fighting, but he said help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision, and the adversary says give. Just hold on, our Lord will show up, and He will take you through the fire again. I know within myself that I would surely perish. If I trust the hand of God, He'll shield the flames again. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy. It would, would not be hard to, hard to climb. No. He never offered victory without fighting, but he said help would always come. Always come in time. In time. Just remember when you're standing the valley of decision valley of and adversary says Give
2: in. just hold on
7: our Lord will show up and he will take you through the fire again just
2: hold on
7: our Lord will show up and he will take you Through the fire again